This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. I'm Ben Platt. Thanks for tuning in, listening. Um, apologies, we haven't done one for a couple of weeks um, due to what people working away, work. Uh, Brad's gone off and got his teeth done and his hair done, um, so he'll uh, <laughs> he'll be sponsoring them in a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so we're back. Um, let's introduce who we got on the pod this week, making a return. Trump for return after being trolled up the arse. Ollie, how you doing, mate? Yeah, fabulous, mate. Fabulous. How you feeling? How you feeling? Uh, shite, to be fair. It's just, it's just, it's abysmal, isn't it? It's so bad. So bad. I just literally, all I'm doing is looking at these planets behind your head. I'm trying yeah, to... shout out to the missus for the fabulous wallpaper. I mean, obviously, no one can see, but he's got uh, what is it? A solar system, but <laughs> yeah, a solar system, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can sit down there anyway. Welcome back, mate. Welcome back. Um, we've, we've got Duncan McCready starting his new job, no longer a postman. We can't ask you what's going on. You all right, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm doing this from a hotel room, that's a new experience. Hopefully, the Wi Fi holds out. <laughs> we just said 30, premier in 30 minutes, you'll be gone. That's it, mate. That's it. And Chris, you good, mate? Uh, I'm feeling about as rough as QPR's form at the moment, to be honest. But uh, must be hopefully, rough, an... then. you're really rough. <laughs> hopefully, an hour chatting will just distract me from uh, from these kind of symptoms. And I say we're going to be positive. There is nothing to be positive about. So even I can't drag anything up <laughs> at the moment. So yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think anyone's going to be listening to this. And isn't expecting much positivity. I mean, we'll try and get something out if we can, but I think it's just like we say most weeks, it's just a bit of a therapy just to let out our frustrations and tell us what, what we're thinking and why we're so so shit. Sorry to sorry to swear, but I mean that's the best word I think to describe us at the moment. Um just quickly setting up the scene. We we haven't done a podcast for a couple of weeks and I was reflecting and I've just realized. We've lost four games in a row 
since the last time we did a podcast, um, which uh, is even a record for QPR, I think, in, in between um, pods that we've done. It all started with a with a loss at home to Coventry, three um, one. Then we went on to Leeds and lost one nil, which was one nil by score, but really we were never in it, and it could have been six nil. And I don't think that we would be thinking any different about how poor we were that day. Yeah. Um, then we go away. Then we go at home to Blackburn. We were going to beat them, right? Weren't we? Yeah. That's what we got told. Definitely going to win. You'll Definitely see everything win. from the lads. Um, and we saw nothing and we lost 4-0. And then Saturday, <clears throat> Huddersfield away. We were going to get a reaction. The boys are up for it. Worked hard two weeks. We're 2-0 down after 15 minutes and game pretty much gone. Um, Chris, I don't know if you want to start first, mate, on any of that that I've just spoke about. Uh, Find the positive. I'll leave it open. I'd... Despite saying there's no positive, I will come to the one positive, but I want to do that later. I can't start with the positive because it's so small. But <laughs> the, that that Blackburn game was one of the the worst performances I think we have ever put in. Yeah. Like from everybody on the pitch. But it just I mean, I've said earlier in the season when we were I was gonna say when we were on a good run, when we were looking better, <laughs> I was I thought Ainsworth was um, could could do something for us, and I mean, I was gradually turning, but after that game, I was like, "Look, this is—he is truly tactically inept." I can't understand for the life of me how he was looking at that right-hand side for us, and he didn't see the problem at two nil. Made no changes at half time. Okay, fine. You go right. We'll give it five minutes. We'll see how they react. We actually looked bright for the five five minutes after half time. That is then the point you go, right, now I'm going to take the game to them. I'm going to fix the massive problem we've got on the right, um, which ironically came after the fact Smith and Kakai was so poor against uh, Leeds that he's gone, oh, I can't play those two on the right. So he's left Larkesh, a left footer, playing right back, also a young kid, with support from Duke McKenna, who's playing centre mid. Like, why don't you expose the kid even more? He's looked shocking. Confidence is completely gone now. Yeah, Richard Dunn on that side as well. We barely could run again. Yeah, like Jimmy Dunn. And it's just... Yeah, could, Richard Dunn. Yeah, we could do with Richard Dunn, maybe. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy Dunn, sorry. Yeah, sorry, I wish we had but Richard Dunn. It was just... And then he was like, oh, OK, I'll wait till 70 minutes to change it. You had the opportunity. I can't name the list of managers who would have changed something at 2-0 and gone, we can... There is an opportunity here. And to fix that problem, we can be a bit more attacking. Honestly, just clueless. And the subs he made against Huddersfield, oh my God. I didn't think it could get worse than he did. Like, I feel he's sort of picking names out of a hat to, to go who wants to come on and where are you going to play? It's that random and there's no sense to it at all. Do you know what, mate? With the subs, that I've never been more frustrated apart from... Kakai up recently. I think that's the most frustrated I've ever been, which is I was just shouting, like, how could he not see? He could barely run Larkesh for 10 minutes before his mistake. He literally couldn't run. But everyone in the stadium could see it, but he couldn't see it. And I, I, I thought at the time that maybe he was doing it as a, you've got me into this, right? You lot can get out there and, and deal with it. Like, that's what it kind of felt like, just leaving him out there was kind yeah. of like a, 
You, th- th- that's the only logical reason I could think of, which didn't equal he hasn't got a clue. Um, but Dunk, I don't know what I don't know what your views are on on Ainsworth and his um, tactical, his inability to man manage. Um, well, obviously, my my views on Ainsworth, I, I think we're going to get into him a bit later on, so I won't go too much into him. But tactically, it's just like there aren't any tactics. Like he has no in-game management. He like he plays Lakesh at right back in his first start for the club in the league, and he's a left back, naturally left footed. Why not put him at left back where he's comfortable? Put Powell, who's an experienced player, on the right side. If that's what you want to do, if those how you want to have those those four defenders, five defenders, have Powell on the right. He's been in the league, he's been a season pro, he'll cope a bit better playing out of position. He's thrown the young lad in at the deep end and he's been exposed numerous times, been at fault for numerous goals and literally he was absolutely shell-shocked. And as a manager, you should have noticed that straight away as soon as he like was really struggling. Half-time, whip him off. You had Aussie yeah. on the bench, you had Reggie Cannon on the bench, both right-backs, both naturally that's their side. Again, as much as Aussie was terrible against Leeds, like just... He could have played the out the first hour in his natural position, and then you could have brought Cannon on if Cannon's still not fit. Like, oh, it just makes you think he did that team on purpose to try and get to the sack before the international break, and it's not yeah. worked because the board's got no ambition. The board haven't got um, any balls to make any decisions. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, as much as Ainsworth is one of the massive problems at the minute. The board are another one, and I know we're going to touch on that later as well. We'll touch on the board in a bit. Ollie, do you want to just sum up Huddersfield for us? Another shocking start. What do you know? What frustrates me a little bit is that it's not frustrating, but obviously, we go 2 0 down. We, we did okay from then on, but to say that to, to, to spin it that we it was just a bad start, but when, you, when you're 2 0 down, the game's completely different. That hence why we can never get going at 0 0. Right, it's because the game's different. The teams that they set up different. When they're two 0 down, they're not as adventurous. They they let you come back. Like, that's why the game was like that. Right, it wasn't so much that we just suddenly realised how to play football again. I don't know. That was my view. But Ollie, I'll let you. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you know, you you look at games like Huddersfield, and you know they're going to be one of the teams that we're going to be fighting for in, in, in you know come the end of the season. But and you know, I think you. I have to remember that that's what Ainsworth was brought in for his management in terms of getting the players fighting for the badge. Those games that you need to win, he's the one that gets them going. But he's not doing that. Um, we went two 0 down. It was appalling. You know, the second half we looked better, but we still lack cutting edge. I mean, it is beyond me why you bring off the one striker in Sinclair Armstrong and bring on Smythe. When we're when we when we need goals, you bring on a, a, another winger so that you're playing wing back to score the goals. So we've gone from having Dykes not involved, having to start Sinclair up front, to then not having a striker on the pitch when we're trying to score goals again. I think that's the problem. You know, we bought we bought him in because you looked at the boys before he came in. You thought they need they need a man manager. They need someone who's gonna get him fighting, get the, get the belief back in them. He's not done that. A few games this season, you thought, actually, do you know what? 
he 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 looks like he's getting them to play for the badge, but they they're not. You know, we we, we the second half we had a lot of chances. If, if we had a struggle to pitch and we were getting managed by Bill or even Critchley, I think we probably could have even won that the way that we were playing in the second half in terms of getting up the pitch. Huddersfield was shocking in the second half. If we were any near anywhere near the team we were at the start of last season, we'd be hammering them. Yeah, we managed fourteen shots against them. Two of them were on target. It, it is, you know, and I know, and, and and this is a problem. You know, Sinclair got a lot of stick for that for that miss. I actually think it was incredible defending. But and, and as you said about playing players out of position, you know, I think he's damaging our young players. I I, I really do. I think he's sticking Sinclair in one one week. He's on the left. One week he's up front. Next he's cutting. Oh, it it just and put, I'm sorry, but the Larkesh incident was absolutely ridiculous from him. He should know better than to stick a left, you know, right. It just does my head in. It, it does not make sense. I don't understand what he's doing. And I was happy to believe in him. But that Huddersfield performance alone should have had should have said, right, no, he's gone. Because that would have given us time, international break, get a manager in, get him talking, get him to know the squad. Instead, we've got what three games in the space of a week. What are we going to do? There's nothing to do. It's Paul. And we've had 66 shots since our last win. And we've scored five. It's And we've conceded 14 in eight. It's just utterly appalling. Like, I know we don't think Kelman is... I mean, Kelman isn't championship quality. I think we we all know that. Not even sure he's League One quality. But he is actually a striker. You probably, <laughs> you could have played him. You could have put on Collie, which he's got no problem giving Collie minutes. Give him, if you're taking Armstrong off, bring Collie on. Go, right, I want you to play out front. Because he's he's there as a young player now looking at it being like, okay, so am I behind Smith in terms of the pecking orders to now play out front? Like, that's that's weird. Like, I just, oh, again, it didn't it didn't make any logical sense, did it? It was almost like, because Smith scored for Northern Ireland in the international break, it's like, oh, actually, he does score goals. We'll put him up front this week, see what happens. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like... It, against three massive centre-backs, by the way. They've got three experienced massive centre-backs, right? He was never going to get any change out of them unless oh. we put a perfect inch through ball through, which is just unlikely. We've oh. not done it all season, right? To see Sinclair, Armstrong, who bloody needs something like that. We haven't done one yeah. good ball over the top where Armstrong really... We're doing it down the sides and he's sometimes getting behind down the side, but he's not had one that he can just... He's, do you know what I mean? He's through on goal and he's one with the keeper. He's got a check back in and just frustrating, isn't it? I'm, I'm Sinclair Armstrong, um, Ollie, I just want to quickly... I know you mentioned on him... It, it, I feel like, like you say, he's it's great. He's getting minutes, and he's great. He's getting, you know, he's getting experience. I get it. It's great. I still think he's he would have been better going out on loan, but in scoring goals and, and terrorizing League One defenders for next season or even January. But the position we're in, we can't do that. But I just, I'm not, I'm not sure what we we're not getting anything out of him on a football pitch, are we? At the I, moment, I, that's not to say anything about his quality because I yeah. think he's, he's got a lot of a, a potential. He's 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 got pace, power, but I've not seen any of it really. The odd... I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, he gets a lot of stick on on social at the moment. I think if you you take out the fact that he's a kid, it, it's a bit unfair. I think, and this is the thing: he's playing the Gareth Ainsworth style, and and that's what he's been told to do 
be that nippy player. We've seen him throw in some, you know, we've seen him at the start of the season compared to now, and now he gets, sticks his foot out and he does stuff like this and he's getting there. But I think ideally I would want him on the pitch always because we talk about terrorising League One defenders. When he's on that wing and he's playing on the wing, he causes issues. The thing he needs to improve on is the end product. Because I'm not sure where his best position is in terms of does he cut inside, does he cross it, but it has to be on the wing. Because when he does go down that wing, you watch, you know, if you watch I follow and you know it's it's in the opposing teams, um, opposing commentary. Teams commentary they're yeah. always saying he's causing issues down the wing. You go on Twitter, it's like love that Sinclair Armstrong QPR. He's got all the makings of someone that can be seriously good, but he's got all the attributes that he needs to improve on are from a manager that's not going to improve them. I feel like he's being held back. Like, you know, like when someone's running and they've got that elastic band around them and they're running and they're just... It's probably a rubbish analogy, but I kind of feel like he's being held back. And I know that there's a reason behind it because he's a bit gung already and he's going to get, you know... But I feel like he's lost a bit of that, a little bit. You know, I don't know, a little bit of that unpredictable. Like, he'll just... I don't... He's not making all of the runs he should. And I know... I kind of get why because you don't want to burn him out, right? And we're going to need him. But I just feel like you lose a bit of Sinclair Armstrong when you do that. I think they all are, aren't they? I think you could probably say the entire squad has stopped making those runs. Um, it's Again, you know, he's a kid and I think he's been put in a position where he's been relied on. Um, but I, I just think... I think if, if, you, if, you, if you... And I, I hate talking about it, but you look at Mick Bill, I think Armstrong under Bill as a sub could have seriously been a lot more beneficial than sticking him in in a time where we're playing like absolute garbage. I think he needs time and I think he needs a manager that's going to know what he's doing. I just don't think Gareth Ainsworth is that type of manager that knows how to get the best out of a young, powerful wing like him. I think... If anything, I think Ainsworth is probably out of his depth with Armstrong because Armstrong is a rare breed in terms of his build and his speed. That's that's something you don't come across a lot. That's why he's got big clubs interested in bringing him in. We If, if we keep leaving it to Ainsworth, we're going to lose him on the free in the summer and he's going to go and smash it at somewhere else. And I, I believe that. Yeah, that would... If we can't tie him down to a deal, because... How many players have we got that we can actually sell for money? <laughs> it's not many, but he is one because he has the he has potential, like with a capital P. And like you say, so many other managers and clubs would be staring at him, being like, "God, he could be great for us. We just need to nurture him in the right way." Yes, he's raw. Yes, he's not all that right now, but he can be, and that is that is so key. I think I you made the point about the helix challenge at the weekend. It's one of the best bits of defending I've ever seen. I was yeah. celebrating that goal. However, every time I've watched it on a replay, I've been staring at Sinclair and been like, the ball goes over his head. He's he's just staring and watching. And this is a very minor thing. And I know it's hindsight because he didn't then score the goal. But he's watching it and actually saw, uh, watched the Norwich Leeds highlights and all the highlights at lunchtime. And their centre-back, as soon as a Leeds player had a shot from a similar situation, he's already following the ball in. That's the centre-back making that kind of anticipation. So it's just those, it's that, those are the examples as to what we need to come off and that he hasn't quite got that. I'm not saying Dykes would have 
had that anticipation, but we just needed somebody else to do that. Like, I know we, we talk about this all the time. Austin would have, he would have already oh. been in that. He would have got himself onside. The ball would have gone over his head and he went, right, I'm taking two steps towards the goal in case I get lucky here. And it's a goal. And But these are the, these are the tiny things that make the difference. And they all add up. And that's why we're doing horrendously. But yeah, I think you make a good point, Ben, that he has been held back probably mm-hmm. because he's now the, in a lot of games, obviously he's that main striker. And now it's kind of like, look, you can't just turn and run with the ball all the time because we need to hold it to bring others into play. But that's, you're taking something away from him. So either you go, right, you can go every time because that's your game. Or we don't get as much from you because we need to attempt to keep the ball. It's, it's a difficult one for him because I don't think it's, he wants to play the way he's having to play. Yeah, and I was listening to, um, I've been listening to a couple of podcasts recently. What I want to go on in a second, but what was, was a share of one, and he was talking about back to goal and how difficult it is to play back to goal. It was Rudy, sorry, it was a Rudy one. He said it's the most difficult thing to do in a football pitch is to have you back to goal and, and try to hold it up. He said you've got six, seven-foot defenders literally near you in the back, coming behind you and all, getting away with all sorts. It's such a difficult thing to do. So I just think, it's especially against seasoned championship centre-backs, which most teams have got now, right? Every team we play has got you know, a seasoned yeah. centre-back in there, right? It's difficult for him. What, he's, what, what he can do to these defenders is getting behind, right? Get them turning, and get, you know, and that's where, the, but it's just frustrating that he's our only option really at the moment with Dyke. Yeah, you know, I know Dykes is there, but. That's why we need like Scotland's number nine who can play for Scotland, but every time he goes away for Scotland, comes back with a knock. <laughs> yeah. Every, every, it happens every single international break. He misses the first game back with a knock every single time. It's, it's ridiculous. Like Armstrong is so much better when he's up there with Dykes and Dykes is doing that, being the target man. He's the one who's trying to hold up and Dykes is going past and Armstrong's going past him. That's when you see the best out of Armstrong. That's when he's working the channels more. But if Dykes is plays for Scotland but can't play for us, like the club have got to say, no, surely. Like all these players, you just like foam it in for us, phone it in for us, but they'll go off on international duty. It's, it's absolutely bollocks. Yeah, well, let's hope we can get some goals and turn it around, I reckon, because I think if we can get him going, he's, you know, but, yeah. Um, let's, let's let's move on to Ainsworth then. We've touched on him quite a lot. I know I know it feels like the fan base have, have turned, really, in the last... I mean, we haven't done a podcast for the past couple of weeks, and since the last time we did one to now, I think is like night and day, really, in relation to views towards him and his, his ability to be able to manage this team. Um to me, it feels like he's hanging on with a finger. Um, not in relation to games. I've got a funny feeling he's still got a few games left, or at least a couple of games. But I'm struggling to see how we get a result. It's typical QPR, though, right? That we go away to West Brom and Leicester and we'll probably do something. But even for me, even no, if I was we waiting do for it, someone to say that. We won't. <laughs> no, we won't. Even if we do, I just think it's kicking the can down the road. I really do. And I think we're going to be in the same position of 4 0 defeat at home to Hull in a month's time. And we're going to be here. In a... Chris, how how long does this go on for? And is there any way back for him? I don't think there's any way back because I think whatever he does in these, I mean, this is caveated. We are going, we will lose the next two games. Like, there is no way. Please, please don't talk yourself Saturday morning into, 
Oh, football works in this funny way where Leicester are the best team in the league and they've only conceded four away goals all season and they've won 11 out of 12. But QP- And Cooper are the worst team in the league. Well, maybe two others are not quite or nearly as bad as us. And we'll win because that won't happen. But if he's not gone after that game, I don't understand because I think it still comes back to the, even if he, by some miracle, manages a motivational aspect to get a point out of those two. The tactical thing is still the key for me. He doesn't have that, which is what that is really exposing us now. If you can manage to motivate people for a, a few games, maybe okay. But he's not. He's not getting that now. Like Ollie said, that that's not coming through. Dunk, I know you're. Um, I know we spoke earlier. You take no pleasure in in, uh, in, in Ainsworth and what he's doing. We, you hope, you know, we all hope we're wrong with this, that, but it's just not, it's just not, it's just not working, is it? I mean, the red flags no. were there last season, weren't they? Obviously, Ainsworth as a player for us, he came in. We all wanted him to succeed because of how he was as a player for us. There's like as much as I didn't agree with the appointment, I didn't want him to come in and fail miserably. But there's just nothing else. I just don't see what else there is. Like he is getting found out every single week. And his tactics are getting found out every single week, if there are any. Like, how do you motivate the team that have got no confidence to go out against Leicester? Like, if we if we get hammered by West Brom, and then we've got to go to Leicester, like, it's what it's just. I don't understand what he's going to say to these players who've got no confidence. We're not scoring goals. We're not creating chances. Like, he got lucky last season against Burnley when we went there and had ten percent of possession. Two shots, got two goals. Like we're not going to do that against Leicester. Leicester are a team at the minute a completely different beast. Like I just don't. Ainsworth just hasn't got any answers to any of the questions that are being he's facing. Ollie, I just I don't see where you know it's reported. And do you know what actually I find interesting is there's no pre-match interview today which there normally is each week there hasn't been one put out today yeah, i've got that written down i was about to mention yeah. it yeah um i think it's interesting to see that you know i we we, we met him pre-season didn't he and, and he was and he was talking about how he doesn't does he you know he wants the fans to love him and, and he, he's not got that i think i i, I was willing to give him the time but now I look at it and I think you look at the calibre of managers available at the moment. There is, I would say, five five or six, four or five, six managers that could come in and could do one hell of a job. You've got Gary Rower, who would be a brilliant one. He took Millwall from being in the position that we're in now to not finishing less than eighth in the three seasons that he was there. You've got Warnock. Dare I say it, you've got Bill. You've, you've got Eustace. You've got all these managers available they're the type of managers that are going to come in and make a difference you can't expect Gareth Ainsworth who can't beat Huddersfield who can't beat any of these teams that are around us this season to then pull off a result against West Brom pull off a result against Leicester it's not going to happen and and, and you know it, it comes down to the whole board situation and do they have the bottle you know is Amit playing golf tomorrow like he has been the last fucking four games but you know, you look at Leicester as a different animal and they're a 
they're a Premier League team, basically. Burnley are in the Premier League. Let's not forget that we went up with them and we haven't been back up since they've been up there consistently, both been in Europe, once won the title. It's it, it, the, the deeper root of the problems is is not the manager, it's deep, it's the higher ups, but that's not what we're talking about. If we have any hope of staying up this season, he has to go. He has to go before the end of the month. That's seven days. He has to go. There's, there's no nothing. I want to touch on the board in a minute, but I yeah, Brad, he, he messages me often about how he, he says that the players have lost. Um, He's lost the players, Ainsworth, lost the dressing room. I don't know, completely a little bit, I'm not sure. But it does feel like when you're watching us, that the players are getting frustrated. I'm seeing a lot of players look frustrated. I'm seeing them speak frustrated. They don't look great. Um, I don't know if anyone else has noticed that or, or if anyone agrees with him or disagrees with him. I know he's got bought in a few of his own players, but the core is still very much the same, isn't it, as it has been? Do you see any of our players really throwing their bodies on the line to keep us a clean sheet? If these players wanted to play for the manager, they would be doing whatever they could to get results. They would be diving into tackles, making goal line clearances every single game if that's how bad we're playing. Like, we don't do that. Huddersfield's second goal, there was three Huddersfield players in the box and five QPR defenders. Like, how can they... It just doesn't add up, the maths, that we, they get a chance to score. Because... No one's playing for him. No one. What what frustrates me, I think, about watching the, us at the moment, it is isn't so much our defending, although that is defending, is that obviously we've got nothing up front. We're not scoring goals. It puts so much pressure on us. But what what why amongst other things, but one of the big things I, I've noticed is that we're not brave enough. I don't know what it is, whether it's Ainsworth or the players or something, but they take the easy option all the time, easy pass, uh, or they'll give it to Ilias Chair, and Ilias Chair will try and do something. And it, it's a one in a 200, 500 chance that he's actually ever going to pull it off, right? And I feel like that's just, and I feel like watching this QPR team, it's just an episode of EastEnders over and over. I say it all the time, then I don't. <laughs> over and over again. We go 1 0 down, we go 2 0 down, we'll start playing. Who knows what will happen after them? We'll get an injury. Like, I don't know how injured or Clark Salt looked like he was He was hanging on to his legs at the end. I don't, he did all right. He did well to stay on, no doubt, and scored, but. I don't know if we'll see him tomorrow, but um, an injury—it just feels like the same old story, doesn't it? it doesn't it? Just—it doesn't. Nothing changes. And Every not game is just rinse and repeat. It's just—he's right. not brave enough. It's keep it as it is, and let's just bring on the subs that he doesn't have. Right? He doesn't have a bench. Right? I do feel for him in that respect, but I don't know whether that's him or the board. We don't know, but we just don't have the squad doing to be able to bring on and change these games. But that's why we change formation then. We've got no squad, but we've got no loan players. We've been so reliant on loan players the last few seasons. You go back however many seasons, we've always had really good loan players who've come in. Not all of them have worked out, but a majority have. He said to us, I don't want loan players. And look where it's left us now. We should have got a striker in on loan at the start in the summer. We didn't. I can't believe we didn't buy a forward. Ainsworth Ainsworth said to us, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. In the summer, oh, you will never have to give any of my players a rollicking because they're all going to leave everything on the pitch. Are they? Can you and anyone honestly say our players leave everything on that pitch? Absolutely no chance. No. Like, no. What so that's if he's telling us that, what's he telling the players? Are oh, you like he said, oh, I'm gonna big you up and big you up, but it's they're not playing for him and they're not leaving anything on the pitch. Yeah. Well, they well, must hear that thing. Sorry, they must hear these comments or if he says the same thing. And they you know in yourself if you've given everything, like everybody who's played any sort of sport or ultimately like worked any job, you know when you've given everything. Like so they know. So they'll be looking around the change room being like, you haven't, you haven't, you haven't. Can Like we say, can one of them do that? And so, therefore, they won't be, they know, so they won't be believing him. So, yeah, the dressing room has got, because he just says the same thing every every week beforehand. Like, you can't keep, that message works for a small amount of time if you're on a bad run. If you turn, if you get a, a point you shouldn't do, so let's say, if we got a draw against Leeds, then that gives a huge bounce because it's like, actually, we can do something here. We should have lost that, but we got something. So that gives you a bounce for like three games and you can continue that momentum. But with every loss, you, you're you just eliminated. The players must sort of be turned up being like, just expecting to lose now. So you need to refresh something. You can't refresh the players. So your manager is the only option. What's frustrating is, when we go one nil down, we're literally, the game's gone. Well, that- so why do we start so poorly in every game? Like it's not rocket science. Like we don't, you know, we know if he knows that if we score first, I know it's not it's easier said than done, but something's it's just every game or at least every other game we just so so poor in the first fifteen minutes of games. We can see so many goals. I think Jack's got the mad state. He's not on about if, if he had, I'm sure he'd be telling me. But the amount of goals that we've conceded in the first ten minutes, fifteen minutes must be ridiculous. Well, early on when Ainsworth came in, it seemed like we were conceding the first 10 minutes of every game, didn't it? And well, nothing's that, changed. That really stopped year for on a and bit. Nothing's changed. Well, early on this season, that did stop for a bit because it seemed like that was going to happen. There were these home games where, like, for 20 minutes, we'd feel like we were okay, but we'd not score, and then they'd score with their first attack. So at that Thanks. point, all the players are naturally like, like, we've, this isn't going to happen again. And then the fans are like, all right, cool. Well, we've lost but I'll stay here for the next 70 minutes and watch it because that's what we do. There is just yeah, nothing to get excited about really, is there? Even if oh, he... We... Do we need to reach the level where we go away from home, we go, right, for the first half, I'm going to stick everybody behind the ball and that's all I'm going to do. But how depressing is that to think about? To literally park the bus from the setup, no matter who you're playing, to go... All we're going to do is get to half time. We're going to defend really deep because how does feel good enough to break down 10 men behind the ball? No, but we were 2 0 down after 15 minutes. So it's like, oh, game over. 
but like that is the level we're now reaching i'm i'm, I'm saying should we stick everyone behind the ball that is so depressing to think about well yeah i mean i was this again was it it's, it's just his pro, his interviews i know you said ollie he hasn't done one today and it's i'm starting to think it's probably the best thing because i can't listen to them anymore they're just i don't know his media i don't know what it was like at wickham but he's his, I think it was Alex Ferguson that said he had two battles, didn't he? I don't know if you listen, listen to one of the... Um, t- do you listen to the Tippy Tapper podcast? I don't know if you do. Sam, I'm there. Jeff, Jeff Sree's on. And he said that um, most successful managers know that they've got two battles every game. The game on the pitch and off the pitch. On the pitch with the result and off the pitch with doing your interviews and the media and how you, you talk to players, players, fans, media and stuff like that. And it makes a huge difference because and I just think that, like you said, the players watch that. They listen to that. If he's saying that in an interview, he's he's saying something similar, isn't he, in, in a dressing room? And I just, it's just, it's like he's just got, he's just like walking around. He doesn't think about what he's saying. He just says things like he doesn't, like it was, it was the passion at the start. You caught, you kind of could let him get away with it. He was, you know, managed QPR. The passion was there enthusiasm you got it but now it's just irritating and, and that's yeah. what happens when you lose isn't it Those... that, that's, that's the thing what you said about him saying it to the players he probably does say the same thing to the players and that's like you know if, if you work in sales and you're kind of not really bothered you haven't made any sales today and at the end of the day your manager goes do you know what mate I know you didn't make any sales but you work really hard today keep doing what you're doing keep trying you're going to keep fucking doing the same thing aren't you? you're going to put any extra effort in you know, you, you get a manager like Neil Warnock in. If 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 for example, oh, I don't I don't like I pick uh, Aussie Kakai for example didn't give it a, a flying f all game didn't try Warnock would string him up. I think I, I think that's the problem. We we brought in a man manager and we just brought in a nice bloke, and and that's the problem. We we don't yeah. need a nice bloke. Right. We need someone that's going to drill the. Sh- into these players and make them know that, that that yeah you might be the only striker at the club but that doesn't mean you you you, you start every game it doesn't mean you get on the bench and, and that's that's my issue if he is talking to the players the same way that he's talking to the media then is it any wonder that they are not giving a flying f on the pitch is, is it really because if they're being told they're doing all right you know, again, if if you worked in a shop and you get and you weren't doing anything, you weren't putting in effort, but your manager's like, "Oh, yeah, happy with that guy, happy with that guys." You might not finish stacking the shelf, but you did a good job. You're gonna keep doing it. So why? So true. It? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doug, you know the you mentioned about the board. I just want to touch on them because they're not to they can't hide away. They're to blame as much oh, as much as anybody. I mean, you know, I've got the feeling that. We said it on socials that the board are going to hang on and hang on until they can't hang on anymore to it. Feels like because a sensible thing would have been just to move on from the international break or the international break. Um, what do what do we what do we do with them, mate? Well, the thing is, it goes back to obviously Les leaving. Like Les got a lot of flack from a lot of sections of the fan base for transfers and how all that came about and what his role was or what his lack of role was, what he did and didn't do. He's gone. No one's been replaced. No one's replaced him. Who's? What does that bloke do? Like, I, I, he might be brilliant. Why is he talking about a football match? What's exactly. that got to do with him? He, he might be brilliant off the pitch. He might financially. He might be saving us loads of money. Brilliant. 
stick to that. That's your job. Oh, Don't get if you're not involved in the football side of it, stay away from the football side of it. What's he doing doing interviews with the athletics saying that we're, we're fully behind him? But it's because we he's... have no director of football. It's outrageous. There's nobody at board level, in, in between board level and manager, to come out and say anything like this. Like we've already said, like <laughs> Amit's playing golf, who knows where. Like, oh, it, the, the board are just, uh, if not more, accountable for the failings at the minute than Ainsworth. Ainsworth is the wrong man. He's not tactically good enough to be a manager in this uh, at this level. But the board, as much as everyone will say, oh, they pay two million a month to keep us afloat, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, they're not making the right football decisions. And that's what they're in there. That's what they're in place for. Whoever is advising them or whether they're just doing it off a whim, their decisions constantly are wrong. And you can't keep running a business that way. No, yeah. Which is what the club is. Exactly. You know, I said the other day, just because they fund the, the, the club monthly, it doesn't mean they're good, they're good at their job. You know, they talk too much. Lee Hoos needs to shut his mouth and go do do his job. And, you know, me saying that, it's not going to go down well if he, if he heard that. He'd be like, oh, well, do you know what? He spent, if he spent a little more time keeping behind the scenes where he belongs, rather than taking interviews here and there, talking to people here and there, don't talk too much. You know, I mean, the whole middle finger incident, like, that's... It's funny, and, and that video it had me laughing, but it's not a joke, is it? It's, it's our football club. This is something that these players, and sorry, these fans put money into every month, and it's not being taken seriously. It's not. You know, I mean, you got, what, what did he say? Well, he got 99 problems, but the pitch ain't won. And, yeah. whilst, and whilst it was, you know, I just, you don't want to be hearing it, do you really? I just, when, and then the I know, it's kind of like an end-of-season joke. I, I don't know, mid-season fan forum. I just don't. I just, I didn't, I don't know. Well, yeah, I might I just know. be miserable. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 as it happens, him saying that, and then thirty minutes into a game, the fucking sprinklers go off. <laughs> uh, and then, do you know what? I, I, I wonder. I, so I saw someone tweet it out. Um, they reckon that um, there's quite a few replies to it. Actually, they reckon that someone at the club that's a QPR fan might have done that on purpose. That works at the club, and if he'd done that, fair play for doing that on purpose after he said that because he's not serious he it's like tony fernandez you remember in the 2014 15 season when it's it's this deadline day it's a massively important game day to to try and stay up and he puts a picture of career mode up and says just getting my practice in before deadline day tomorrow oh yeah do me a favor we every every owner we've had talks too much i think it the the Who's tweet, that's a classic thing. If we were doing really well on the pitch and everything was rosy, every fan would be like, oh, that's yeah. well funny. Like, hey, I can get on board. Fine, but we are complete. It's like, you read the room, pal. We don't, yeah. like, your preconceived note that you'd written because you thought that was funny, don't need it at the moment. And that's just where, like, the, the, the board, I think we need to separate the board from the owners. So the board is the problem. The owners keeping us afloat that isn't a negative they just need to find the right person to make run the club and run the yeah make the decisions because they're successful businessmen in basically everything they've done yet they can't make the clear if this if this was one of their businesses and the person running it i.e whose was and it was this bad they wouldn't be in a the job they'd find a replacement or 
mean, in this day and age, it's quite difficult to actually fire someone unless you work for an American company, but you'd bring someone in who's effectively the same role to oust the person who exists, or you'd replace Ainsworth because that level of the business isn't working. Obviously, there's obviously a huge element here that Amit is desperate for it to work. And I, I do get that because it's the same for a lot of fans. We've all said we really wanted it to work for Ainsworth because you love him as a player and you've got that attachment, but you have to separate yourself from that. And again, I don't want to go down the road of like, oh, Amit can't do everything with his life because look, QPR is it's a big part of him, but he has he has a family, he has everything else he should be able to have in his life. And so should everybody who separates their their businesses and their uh their work from their actual life like imagine your boss telling you oh you can't do anything else and why aren't you thinking about work but again like the golf thing and him being in vegas at the weekend it just doesn't come across in the best manner when we're doing shit and it goes back to what i said about the who's tweet if things are rosy on the pitch no one cares but if they're not everybody is like is his mind on it and yeah, it's, read the room. yeah and that's it and it's just like come on yes most of us want to go to the sphere in las vegas and it looks really cool but i don't need to see you tweet it or put it on instagram when we've just lost the huddersfield and we look so bad um it feels yeah. a bit like there's no there's no one there to make the decision I don't, that's probably not true but it feels like that it feels like everyone's a bit like well what do we do it what do we do do we give him a bit more time? Let's give him a bit more time. Should we give him a bit more time? I think we probably should. Amit's man. He employed him. Maybe he's probably got a bit of unconscious bias towards keeping him a little bit longer. Um, who makes the call to him to tell him that he's gone? Then what's he currently doing in the club, Gareth Ainsworth, that if he left, would need doing? Do you know what I mean? Like It feels like he's doing a lot. Yeah, so, you know, that, that's the one thing that I'm quite intrigued by. The, 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 it was obviously said that the managerial appointments... Have have been made by Les the last few years. Maybe I'm intrigued to see with Les gone, what would the managerial appointments be like? Because it seems like he's gone with. I mean, the Bill one, good call. We were good under him, but you know, with you know. Amit and, and those likely to make the decision on who comes in now, that is the tiniest like smidge of positivity I have in the sense that someone else is making the managerial choice now. Bring back Neil Warnock. We'll get into that's what I want to get onto next. What who who next then? If if things go the way they're looking like they are going, who who we've got, we've got lots of managers to choose from. We've got what Rowett Warnock. We've got who else is out there? Nathan Jones. We've got Eustace. We've got Mickey Beal. I don't know if anyone would take him back. I know he gets a lot of hate. I don't want. I don't want ben, him back. Ben wants but... Mickey Beal back. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think the thing with with it is we're so bad. I'm so disengaged, and I just can't see any other thing than a loss every game. And we need the change. I'm so desperate for that. I just think about I want him back. But do you know what I mean? It's. But okay, I'm going to give really, you a good analogy of bringing on. Beal back. So it's not like a girlfriend one, is it? It is exactly that. <laughs> bringing Beal back is getting back with an ex-girlfriend, and all your mates are telling you, "Don't do it. You're going to get hurt. This is stupid." But you are like, uh, and they're going, "She left you for a fitter bloke. 
she doesn't care like all of that stuff like that was an illusion and you are so blinded and you're going yeah but that was like the greatest time and like everything we did together was amazing and that's just one that's a special feeling i want again yeah but you will will get hurt in the long term but and i can't believe i'm going to say this is the short-term effect enough is getting the, the bounce we could get even if at the end of the season he let's say he kept us up and then someone else comes in for him we accept it and i can't believe i'm doing that because i do think it's the it's the wrong decision long term and i think we would look back on it and go that was silly but is it might be might be enough. personally i would go for eustace because i think that is a long term move i think he's been used to this board the club and i don't that's not a major reason but I think he's got even more of a point to prove because he was let go from Birmingham because they've got American owners and they wanted a bigger name in Rooney. I think, could you then, is there some way we could encourage Warburton to come back in some sort of role? To me, that is a long-term move. And like Rowett is a good championship manager, but every fan base gets so bored and annoyed with him after X amount of years. Whereas Eustace seems to have a much better um and i know he said less jobs route's been around a lot longer but that is who i would get in because i i also don't think bill could come in and game one suddenly we change and like chris willock's back to elite level but that's what we'd expect because it's what we had so you'd be yeah. go like if he came in and that first game is rotherham away people would be rubbing their hands and be like oh my god chair willock under bill we are gonna be amazing today and I don't think it would happen. I I, um, I I think we need something different, but I don't know whether that different comes now or at the end of the season. We need someone different. Eustace, to me, and it's, it feels like the, the same churn of manager that we just keep churning out, like we'll ruin him. He'll come in he'll, and we'll just ruin him and he'll be gone again. And it just feels like, a, feel like we need something completely different. And I don't know what that exactly looks like. I mean, someone like Nathan Jones, someone who is in your corner, you like him. If he's not in your corner, you absolutely hate him. So I get all the hate. I hate him a lot. But I feel like if he's with you, you I don't know. I feel like he knows the league. Maybe something like that. But I don't know if we'll get someone. I don't know whether we get bringing a ward up to the end of the season and then we do it in the summer, more time, more option. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's what I'm probably thinking, leading towards a ward up. Doug? Uh. Uh, for me, out of the names you've mentioned, I would. I would well, is there any different names? Any different no. names? <sighs> Not really. I feel like we need someone like Rowett who's got experience at this level with numerous clubs, numerous situations, numerous boards. He's not. He's going to come in and he should be able to turn it around. I feel like someone like Eustace, like he's not been in this situation. He's not had to get a team that is really struggling for confidence, really struggling for form. And turn it around. Well, weren't they last season? Tough. It was a tough gig last season. Um, tough gig, but I think that was more off the field stuff rather. Like on the field, on the pitch, they weren't horrendously bad. Whether they weren't yeah. as what we weren't in a, the situation we we're in. And and you're always going to have with Birmingham. They always seem to find some like dodgy money down the back of the sofa that they can spend in each transfer window, which we don't seem <laughs> to do. Like, but I feel like Rowett works under a budget and I feel like out of the names mentioned for me he's the kind of guy I would go for Warnock again it's that nostalgic just like 
how why get a manager just into the end of the season? I feel like we, like that's still short term planning. Like it feels like half of the the summer transfers were short term fixes. Like I feel like we need to start planning more long term. Lolly, what are you thinking, mate? I've been thinking about this every day for <laughs> now. Um, my plan would be get Ainsworth gone. We need we we like the idea of a long term thing, but we need short term for this season. Get Warnock in until the end of the season. He can retire here and then end up at Rotherham next year. He'll never retire. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. he'll never retire. Yeah. Um, yeah, get get Warnock until the he end. Will, of the we'll have to come in back, mate. Once he comes back and he sees what the mess we're in, he will retire yeah, then. Back, yeah. you... <laughs> no, I I I get I get Warnock in. Um, keep Warnock um, until the end of the season, and then I would look to try something new. I I, I would like I would like Rowett, but I would want him now if we were going to get him. I'd like Bill, but again, I want him now. I but I'd like to take Warnock until the end of the season. Gamble go abroad, seriously, and that's it's a big gamble. But I would I would love us to bring in that Marty Cifuentes, anyone like that. Make a gamble. We've we, we've stick to the same type of manager every yeah. single time. Yeah, that's what I agree. Get same mould of manager. Exactly. Get a foreign manager in. Give him a chance to have his go. See what happens. There's no reason why we can't do that. Have a gamble. Warnock into the end of the season. Keep us up. Thanks a lot, mate. You're a legend. You can retire now. Off you go to Rotherham, and then keep us up. Blah blah. blah. Go go abroad. Get a manager in. I don't care. Just get for, get for, Arsene Wenger in. I'm joking, obviously, but <laughs> get get any foreign manager in. Give it a try. Why not? It's, it's a risk, but it's a risk worth taking. Get Gigi Decanio back in. <laughs> Just for the song. Just for the song. <laughs> used to love the boy song. played in Dream was great. I really like. You see when um when uh, like QPR history um or on this day <laughs> on this day QPR like. That is, that is the joy that we have at the moment, like <laughs> reminiscing about previous performances from years ago. Like yeah. I think today it was the it was the one nil win against Chelsea. Chelsea yeah, yeah. Obviously the the incident oh, with their God. twat and Anton, but like that that game in itself, like the atmosphere, the win, absolutely incredible. But that that is all we have. <laughs> that account. If you if people are so fed up with QPR socials, like. Stop following everybody, but follow that because you'll at least have some positivity. Yeah. yeah. One quick one. Uh, do you know what keeps frustrating me every week is this whole Willock thing. I don't... I, don't what, I just... I don't get it. I just don't get it. Me, me and my uncle, he, he, he might just, we often have our arguments about it because he's very much anti-Willock and, and agrees with Ainsworth that he's, you know, that he's not been great for the last year and he's he's played good in spells. Um, here and there, I think it was like four or five months. He's actually only really played well in in the three years he's been here, but um, and he's not very good. I, on the other hand, have a different opinion and think that if you can get him going, you've got one of the best players in the league there. But it's getting him going that's the issue, right? Um, the, but it just not on. bringing him on on Saturday showed me everything that Ainsworth yeah, has got. Exactly that. No, that that was a mess. That's more of a message to Willett than anything else, in my opinion. Huddersfield had so many men behind the ball. Chair is desperate to play with somebody. We, I don't know whether we'll touch upon this, but we we spoke in the chat. We were like, Chair, he keeps the ball way too long, especially in that game. 
because he's got worse. He's trying. Yeah, he's, he's trying to do too much because he's like, I don't think he has faith to give people the ball and get it back. So you bring on his best mate and go. Look, nothing else is working. We're going to have the ball here. We need some quick interchange. That was the will at time. And Ainsworth is like, no, I won't do that. On it, like, did not understand it. If you've if you've had a massive falling out with him. It's still your job as a manager to get the best out of your players, not just to go. You're one of our on on their best day, one of our better players, but we're just going to put you on the bench all the time. It's it's so weird. What probably happen is he'll start tomorrow, and have sixty minutes, and it's oh, so weird. And he, and, he, and he, yeah, and he won't get in the game. He'll get, and then we won't see him again for three or four weeks. It's just weird. Yeah, I just don't get it. Oh, don't know if anyone else has got a different view on it. You've touched on everything with work. I just don't. Him and Ainsworth have clearly, there's an issue between the two of them. For whatever reason, no one knows what it is. Ainsworth doesn't trust him in games. And when he does get any kind of millets, he's not showing anything to uh, even earn being back in the team. So it just feels like we should have sold him in the summer, let him go. He's just going to, he'll sign another contract in January with some other club or an agreement saying, yeah, I'll join you for nothing in the summer. Bang, done. And Willick's career of us will just fizzle out. Just so frustrated, we've got two players there who could probably make a difference in Taylor Richards as well. We just can't play. <laughs> Taylor Richards is our summer signing, our multi million, whatever, whatever, how much it costs. And Willick's one of us, you know, he's not, on the, you know, not showing it, but. He's probably one of our better players on the ball, isn't he? We can't even use him. Right, lads. Tough. Anyone feeling better after that? No. The positive I did have at the start. Oh, go on. I think we actually might have worked on set pieces in the international break. <laughs> wow. Because the, the corner, well, the corner for Clark Sorter's goal, like, I think we should give him a bit. That was a really good header. Like, he's up it so really early, good. hangs in the air. Like, when the ball was in the air and I knew it was a goal because the stream was like behind, I'm like, I don't understand how you scored here. Is this a keeper error? Because he shouldn't, mm. in my opinion, have scored there. The Jimmy Dunn one, I mean, he's got oh, to get that on target. Yeah. But like, Jeez. that was actually good movement in the box. So yeah. it's only taken us, how many games are you into this season? 12 Ten years. Whatever yeah. it is to decide, oh, maybe we should work on corners. Maybe we should oh. put Dizelle on them. Exactly. And, uh, That's the difference. And do something. Put Dizelle on them. Yeah. It's not <laughs> taking to her off corners. Taking three seasons. Right, quickly then, lads, do West, West Brom preview. I, I really, really don't know where to start, what to expect formation-wise, team-wise, result-wise. I expect it to not be good. Um, Ollie, what, what, what are you going with, mate? It's going to be a good result. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Greener West Brom. <laughs> Greener West Brom. I don't even see it getting any better. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it was four nil. I think tomorrow could be could be judgment judgment day for for Gareth. I think it's four 0 West Brom. Darnell Furlong four goals probably something like that. But we ain't gonna do anything there. Um, I hope I'm wrong though. I'm not one of those people that wants us to lose. Get him out. I want us to get three points. Chris Dunk. Anyone? Again, I've got no confidence we're going to do anything. Um, I, if you ask me right now, I'd happily take a 1-0 defeat. 
Just as long as we did, were, didn't concede in the first half. I'd like to get to half time, nil nil. That's a positive. Yeah, is it? <laughs> Maybe it is. Chris, Chris, can you? What do you? Any any positivity or end, mate? Uh, no, one nil loss. They've only scored one goal in their last three games at home, but they haven't conceded in any of them. Um, they haven't played QPR yet. Not in the in the in relation to let scoring. No, um, but yeah, they don't. I mean, it doesn't. It honestly doesn't matter who we play at the moment and what form they're in, because Blackburn were in rubbish form and they tore up. Taurus a new one, but um, expect any changes, mate? What do you expect the team to be? Uh, right, I don't know. Whatever names get picked out the hat this week, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, uh, imagine Reggie Callan will start ready. Oh, I would have I hope thought. so, mate. Probably um, start left back though. <laughs> imagine Reggie Callan, Dykes. It depends if Dykes and Cook are back. I mean, if Cook's Cook is is I think pivotal to to any Gareth Ainsworth doing well. I don't know why. I just feel like when he's when he's there, we defensively look a bit better, don't we? So, if he's back, do we go to three centre backs and wing backs? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have to. Yeah, I think we'll do that anyway. Oh yes, we'll have um, Smith crossing it to Rosette again. <laughs> God, brilliant! Can't Super wait. negative now. But <laughs> click the button. Um, well, all right, that's thanks, thank, thanks for joining. Um, and uh, we'll catch up next week. And um, who knows what the next week will hold. Um, you never know. Eh? <laughs> Typical QPR to beat Leicester at home. Was that, was that before the pod or on the pod? We said that. I think it was before, wasn't it? Yeah. Wouldn't it be t- typical QPR to beat Leicester at home? No. No? Oh, fair enough. Fair enough, lads. It's, All worth, right. it's worth putting a tenner on, isn't it? <laughs> eh? It's worth putting a tenner on just in case. That's what Brad's been doing. He's been putting money on QBR every week. He's lost loads because the odds are so good. (laughs) Tell him to stop. Maybe then if he bets on the other team to win, maybe maybe we'll win. Don't worry, we get a message from him. We'll win this. (laughs) Every week. He's he's the most positive person at five to three in the afternoon I've ever met. Yes, he is. And then at at, at five o'clock, he's the worst. You get him on a pod and he's negative. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see him with his new teeth and hair. In the next week or two. <laughs> all right, lads. Um, cool. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Catch up next week. You ours. You, you ours. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.